All episodes of the Garage Build Podcast are recorded live in the Law Fran Studios. The law offices of Fran Hosh, Palm Harbor, Florida. Call 1-866-LAW-FRAN or go to lawfran.com. The law offices of Fran Hosh, serving the Tampa Bay biker community for over 20 years. Good Monday morning. Welcome back to the Garage Bill Podcast. My name is Jason Holman. Thanks you to everyone that followed along last year. This is our first episode for 2023. In this episode, like all episodes of the Garage Bill Podcast, recorded live in the Law Fran Studios. Call 866-LAW-FRAN and follow at Fran Hosh Law Group on Instagram. We're brought to you by SNS Cycles since 1958. SNS has led the V Twin out to market from innovative new ways to get air and fuel into your performance twin to big board kits for all big twins, sportsers, and M8s to today's must have exhaust components. Choose SNS Cycles for your next performance upgrade. Visit sscycle.com and follow SNS Cycles on social media at SS Cycle. Team Dream Rides in Maryville, Tennessee is located only minutes from the tail of the dragon, and they specialize in performance engine upgrades, used bike sales, service maintenance, and repair. Visit TeamDreamRides.com and follow at DreamRidesTennessee on Instagram to keep up with all of the latest news. The High Seas Rally will set sail in 2023 from Tampa, Florida this time. It is the only motorcycle rally on a cruise ship. Join me and 3,500 bikers as we sail the high seas for a seven-day cruise. Follow at High Seas Rally on Instagram to find out the latest information. We are brought to you by 1620 Workwear Premium, made in the USA workwear, guaranteed for life. Visit 1620USA.com. Use the code SPEED2022, and you're going to save 20% at checkout. Follow at 1620USA on Instagram and all of the other social media platforms. Hey, today's episode is with a good friend of mine, Jason Mook from Deadwood Custom Cycles in Deadwood, South Dakota. Uh, he has his own podcast, the Deadwood American Motorcycle Nonsense or the Damn Podcast. And uh, you're going to hear this episode on our platform as well as Jason's. And uh, we decided to do what we call a duo cast. We hung out and got to know each other really well on the High Seas Rally. And I'm excited to bring you the first episode of 2023 of the Garage Bill Podcast. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Garage Bill Podcast with your host, Jason Coleman. dude i'm ready <laughs> you good you have a good day <laughs> oh god this, i'm i'm hosting uh i so the black hills motorcycle show used to run for 30 years in rapid city and it was a really good show at one point you know it was it was really cool and it just kind of died a natural death because um it just became very vanilla right vanilla show you know it just kind of sucked where was it and at? So it was at, it was at the Civic Center in Rapid City. Okay. And so when uh, when it died, and, and COVID was the final nail in the coffin, right? So when it died, they um, they just let it go, and I was like, "Hey, I want that." And they're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, how much?" And they're like, "Well, you can have it." 
So it gave me everything, every fucking email, anybody that's ever put their uh, bike in the show. They gave me the rights to it, the website, everything. And uh, I'm hosting it now at the Deadwood Mountain Grand on Memorial Day weekend. It's going to be fucking huge. Nice. <laughs> Have you ever yeah. have you ever done a have you ever done a show like that before where you've did no, all the pre- no I have no no I have no clue what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> I uh, I'm actually an anti motorcycle show guy believe it or not yeah well from what yeah, context I, I mean there I understand that statement but but it needs to be contextualized but I I I think I know what you mean but go ahead well I I um back in two thousand one. I, I got a 2001 night train. No, I, I'm sorry. I got a 2000 night train when they first came out because I wanted a fucking Evo and they called, dealership called me and said, Hey, we got your bike in. And they, it was a twin cam. And I'm like, I don't want that. I want the Evo. They're like, sorry, take it or leave it. I'm like, oh, I guess I'll take it. Yeah. And I customized the shit out of it. I did a 180 rear tire and custom pins and, and minimalist wiring and, uh, just a bunch of trick stuff. Took it to this show called Awful Arthur's uh, up in Virginia Beach and put it in the show. And there was this guy who will remain nameless, but he goes by Little John. And he uh, was a painter. And he also had a 2009 train that was completely stock, vivid black. Completely stock. The only thing he did was... Um, he took the pins uh, off and he ghosted some gold, airbrushed some gold. Right. You know, and they put it back together. It had stock grips and stock fucking mufflers. Okay. And, and he put it in the show. Well, I won best in show and he won the soft tail class <laughs> with this stupid, completely stock night train. And I came around the corner coming out of the bathroom, saw him talking to the judge, whose name was Michael Sanchez. And this, and he was shaking his hand saying, hey, thanks for what you did. I know Jason's bike was better. And I caught him red-handed. And I was like, all right, motherfucker. You know, I get it. Well, that's, and, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a great place to start a conversation about shows because uh, I was just listening to another podcast today where it was talking about, like, these, you know, the, the crowd – the, the crowd judged shows where you're like yeah. basically walking around asking people for votes and whoever asks enough people wins the show, whether it's a better bike or not. And so that's why the reason why I asked if you've done a show before or not is because, and so everybody knows who I'm talking to. I've talked to my buddy, Jason Mook from Deadwood custom cycles up in Deadwood, South Dakota. We just happened to just hit the ground running here um, for the podcast. Are, but, are we podcasting already? Are we? Uh, oh yeah. I hit, I hit the record button. We're in it, my yeah, friend. Yeah, we're in we're it. In we're it. we're mired down in it. I always find that that's the best way to do it is just just get it going. But um, yeah. we we did the we do the indoor show here. Uh, I like indoor shows, um, especially in Florida, especially in the summertime when it's wicked hot. <clears throat> you know, and right. it's tough to do any kind of real riding in the summertime in Florida for real, and because it rains every day between three thirty five and four twenty one. And so you can set your watch to it damn near. So we started a show uh, in 2000, uh, or 2000 rather, 20, um, that was an indoor custom motorcycle show here. We we had a really, I mean, right out of the gate, we, we did really well as far as like 
you know, bike count and that. But one of the things that I did was I created a judge's rubric, right? So that, and okay. I put a panel of judges together and then I had a judges meeting and I said, look, this is what we're looking for. I want it to be meaningful. I want, when someone wins some, wins a class in our, in our bike show, I want them to be proud that they want it and know that they got judged and that they were, that the judges were taught how to judge a bike and what we're really looking for. Cause you can set that, you know, your show can be based, can be the show. Well, like a good example is uh, Dave's paint show. You know, Dave's paint show is a perfect example. It doesn't matter who painted your bike. If you think you got the honey, well, then you're, you don't have, you're, con, you're not considered, in my opinion, you don't, if you don't want to be judged by a group of your peers in a paint show, then you're really not a painter. You know, you're not doing your best work. You know what I'm saying? I do. I and do. so when, when I'm, I'm, no, when, I'm hundred percent with you. And, and for my show, the black Hills motorcycle show, um, I have what, what I feel is probably one of the most professional judges, uh, leading the team, Greg Wick out of, um, Oh yeah. Out of rapid city. You know, Greg has probably forgotten more about custom bikes than most people will know in their life. You know, and he's not a professional builder, but he is, um, very experienced. He's built his own custom bikes. He's had several built prior to that. And the guy is just a wealth of knowledge when it comes to custom He's bikes. an aficionado of custom motorcycles, so he knows who he's looking at, right? You know? He does. He does. And he has a form, and he has blocks to check, and he, and he knows what to look for. And so I feel with him at the helm, because I'm not judging the show, and no bike that I built is allowed to be in the show. Yeah, as as well, it should be that way. I mean, right? You know, I mean, and that's I fair. Get, I did get some good advice from uh, from Chris uh, Cycle Source Magazine because uh, I was I was kind of set on how I was going to do the um, the classes, and he completely changed my mind about that. So I'm I'm really glad I I dove into that resource. You know, I was able to talk to Chris and get some get some. Um, some stuff going yeah chris but, helped us uh for um every year of the the he was involved with the wheels of steel down here absolutely well, he's a i mean that guy i mean he is a, what i would consider a bike show expert you know what i mean he he knows what he's talking about and oh yeah he's always he doesn't just tell you what he tells you why and why you should do this and why you should do that and i do i do like that very much um but we are we are uh, we are currently recording. We're currently podcasting. That's what we're doing. We're podcasting. That's what we're doing. And we are going to correct me if I'm wrong, Chase. But we have uh, we have joined forces for this one because yes. I also have a podcast. Absolutely, uh, I want to talk about that because one of the things that uh, that I I saw was I spent some a good deal of time on your on your website. So, but yeah, hmm. this will be you were, a you were uh, talking, a, a dual creeping a dual cast a. A duo cast, dual cast. Well, we're going to put this yeah, on. This is, is going to be in, in one of your episodes as well as one of mine. Correct. This is uh, be simultaneously cast. You know, Wonder Twin Powers activate. Yeah, absolutely. We're going, be, uh, we're going to have the same podcast on your podcast, um, Garage Built, right? Yep. We're on Garage Built. And then we're also going to have it here on what our, our podcast is called, Damn, Deadwood American Motorcycle Nonsense. Which is perfect. You know, the double entendre, it's not too serious, yet it's serious enough to, you know, to not take itself serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so, uh, where do we go from here? What's next? You're, well, you're driving this ship. And I got to be honest, I'm kind of excited about this because on my podcast, 
I'm always the one that's asking the questions and driving the ship. So I'm looking forward to uh, you know, getting it from you. Well, I mean, so the 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 most logical place to go is to take it where we started. I want to talk a little bit more about bike shows. Um, that's a good place to talk about. I want to talk about, and then I want to talk about how the hell somebody ends up in, in Deadwood, South Dakota. And it, it's just such an interesting thing, but, but, but I wanted to finish up on, on the show. So how many years did they do this show? You said since what year, 2000? No, they, well, the last time we attended, I want to say it was the 30 or 31st show. God dang, that's fantastic. So you have a show that's really got a legacy to it. So you have a, a fantastic opportunity to really, really, I mean, take this thing into the stratosphere. And and do it right. And like I said, I mean, uh, when I, the my first year up here was at the end of 2014. This show was always in Rapid City uh, in March timeframe. It was always right before the Donnie Smith show. And they came to the shop there, Black Hills Cycles and Spearfish, and asked if I would be a part of it. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would love to. And they didn't really know me from Adam. You know, they wanted vendors. And so we came. And it was very, very busy. But like I said, over the years of, of, of putting on, they were putting on this show. And I spoke, you know, in detail with, with some of the guys that were, you know, intimately involved in it. And they just felt like, uh, nobody was really willing to change or upgrade or add things to it. And they sat down with me, you know, the last year it was there and said, hey, what what can we do? You know, how can we change? And I gave suggestions. Uh, but like I said, I think it just kind of the, the people that originally you know ran it or owned it or might have ran out. And I get it. You know, I get it. They were at it for a long time. So I'm personally excited to pump some fresh blood into this thing. Right. You know, the fact that, that um, we're going to have it in Deadwood, it's going to be on Memorial Day weekend. So, um, you know, we're shooting for, and, and don't take this the wrong way, we're shooting for a regional show. I want to I grab the interest of not only South Dakota, but North Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, Colorado. Well, no, that's super, That that's absolutely Nebraska. important. I mean, a regional show is, is, that's what we did with our show too, was to be so that we could, you want to show up on the radar. I mean, you know, we, we were able to pull builders from California. We were able to pull builders, obviously, from Florida, uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Virginia. I mean, you know, it, I think it plays into the fact that just like there's a shortage of motorcycle publications, there is a shortage of quality regional shows. And so you have you know, Chris and Heather now own the smoke out and they have reinvigorated that. And that is a fantastic event. You have, yeah. you have yeah. Tennessee uh, motorcycle music revival, which is an amazing event. I cannot stress that enough that if you have never been to TMMR, man, it is just, there's something about that property and those promoters and, and the people that are they're participating in that weekend. It's such an amazing event. And so, you know, it's good to have these things that uh, are reinvigorating everybody. You know, you have Arizona Bike Week, right? So you have the Donnie Smith yeah. Show, which, yeah. um, you know, yeah. will be at this coming year for the first time. I was supposed to go last year, and last year just got completely ass over apple cart for me. But um, it's – there's we go every year. We we go we go to the Donnie Smith show every year. 
said, it was uh, obviously the interruptions with the pandemic. But we we go every year. We set up in the uh, swap meet area. Right. And um, I got to tell you, what an amazing weekend that is. You know, um, those guys, you know, Neil Ryan, uh, he knows how to put on a motorcycle show. He really does. And and uh, I have leaned on him, actually, with getting some advice about the Black Hills Motorcycle Show. But, you know, that is just – it's a whole event weekend. And not only – the thing is, it's something for everybody. And and I always focused on the motorcycle part. But I got to tell you, when I went in to the car area of that, mm-hmm. uh, I was blown away by the cars that they had in the car section in the different room. I mean – um, the Donnie Smith show to me, if you're in the Midwest, is just like a pilgrimage. Like you gotta do it. It's so much fun, you know. Well, and it it has become a staple, and it's good that it's 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 Donnie's show. Um, but it's awesome that there's other people involved, and it's got such a huge following that it's it's not it's going to be going for God knows how long. Oh yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. No, no question about it. And is you know the funny thing about that show is they they actually have a higher attendance if the weather's bad. Yeah, because because yeah, I've heard that that there's been years where it's been like fifty five degrees out or sixty two degrees out, and 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 everybody's out riding instead of going to the show. Yeah, that's, ex- that's exactly right. That's exactly right. But no, I I absolutely uh, I absolutely love going there. The swap meets fun. Um, because it's, it's got to be the biggest swap meet in the Midwest, I, I would guess. But, you know, I set up in the swap meet, and, and those are my people in the swap meet. Yeah. I, just, I just love them because they're, they're just like me, you know, because I take laps around the room, and I'm looking for that set of FXR, you know, OEM side covers. Can you still get or, that shit? You know, at, I mean, or, let me ask you a dumb question because I'm, I'm, I'm telling you I'm not a swap meet guy. I'll go every once in a while, but it's just, it's not, it, I get enough motorcycle input throughout the course of the week that the weekend, you know, that we have, we have a really good swap meet down here every month, the first Sunday of every month, um, that's very well attended and I have gotten some good deals there on some weird shit, you know, but I'm not a swap meet guy. My goal in Detroit, when I worked in, when I lived in Detroit was, we would get up the morning of the swap meet. We'd pay, we'd pay for a spot. We'd get up super early, be one of the first people there. We'd set up all of our shit. And our goal was to be sell everything to somebody who did swap meets, take all of our tables down, and be at Senate Coney Island having breakfast before 1030. <laughs> and, we, and we did it a few times. And, you know, I mean, we get some guy walks up and like, look, you can have everything except for the totes. The chairs and the tables for fifteen hundred bucks, and they fucking snatch it up. Me and my business partner split it half and half. We go have breakfast in the morning, and we're done. <laughs> and I get that. You know, the one thing that is frustrating to me is, uh, and I'm gonna, I don't care. I'm going to say it right. I mean, yeah. we're talking. Uh, is you can have a brand new in the box. Let's just say set of Harley Davidson grips. They're brand new. They unopened in the box. There's a sticker on the box okay they're one excuse me you got them sitting on the table with a with a piece of painter's tape on it that says 75 bucks right and, and the and and a guy will walk up and go you take 20 for him <laughs> like no no i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take 20 bucks for these you know i mean come on dude you're already getting them below 
dealer or whatever, and it might have been a bad example, but it happens like that's the same guy that goes home with a with a about an eight at the bar just because he has no balls to ask. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because there's a yeah, but it'll you'll have a set of takeoff OEM mirrors sitting there, set the set of them, brand new, chrome is perfect, not a scratch. You got five bucks on it. Guy, guy will walk up and be like, "You take three? Come on, man." <laughs> No, I won't take three. No, I'll take, I'll five. take five. Bucks. I always five go. What bucks. I do with those people, $5. I go. No, I'll take six, and they'll go. It says five. I know, but I'll take six. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Well, you're you're actually a much wittier guy than I am. I, I'm wittier than you are. I don't know about that. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're pretty quick. You're pretty quick on the on the draw, and 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 I'm I'm that guy that is like I just have to sit there and process it, and when somebody says something smart ass what's going through my head is this guy realized i'll punch him in the throat and instead i you know i have to you're that guy that. you're definitely the guy I that could punch somebody in the throat <laughs> <laughs> oh, um man I'm, come on i'm 50 years old now so you know what i'm i'm not into all no that. I'm, a, I'm not into all that I'm, no. I'm transitioning it i still go to the gym i still i still train obviously i you know i still train with my guns and i still Hit the bag hard. I uh, just, but given the choice, I'd be like, "Come on, man, let's just go have a beer." Dude, you know I hit, I, mean? I hit the pillow hard every night. That's what I hit. <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> I'm just a fucking, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm learning how to. Right now, I'm working on my my anger management skills and not, you know, throwing temper tantrums anymore. Because I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be fifty in May. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm coming right up, right up the rear there of, of everybody else. I'm trying to get trying to get myself to where I'm calm. I'm a grandfather now. So I know those kids are watching me when I act like an asshole. They're, they're taking that in as data. I don't need, I don't need to, to download my shitty attitude on, on things into two brand new, two brand new infants, you know? So yeah, you don't need to, you don't need to imprint that on them. I get it. You know? No, no, I a hundred percent agree. But what, you know, while we're on the subject of you, yeah. Um, I am curious as to um, if you have been approached yet uh, to be um, a crasher or to be a participant of the Chopper Friends Throwdown. No, no one's no one has invited me, and it's funny. I was going to do that anyways. I'll tell you about a project that I'm working on um, that would be that would that I think fits into that into that segment nicely, but. Um, no, I, I had heard all about it and you know, the FXR friends started on last year was rad. It was, it was really, really fun and, and cool to watch and see. And, uh, I, uh, I, it was cool. I was involved in that, but way behind the scenes, I built the motor and trans that were in the Dennis Kirk bike for Chris and okay. Heather. Okay. And I built the motor and trans that were in, uh, Xavier's, um, his FXR. So I had, I, I kind of had my, uh, you know, I was like in the liner notes of the record of the FXR friends throw down, like somewhere at the bottom, you know, I was like in the production suit, you know what I mean? I was like a producer on that record. You're a special assistant to Mr. Callen. Yeah, exactly. I was the, the engine builder and, uh, and transmission builder that on those bikes. So, but. Let me go ahead now and just, um, throw that, throw that out there. Let me, uh, let me throw out the gauntlet, if you will, or, or roll out the carpet. I don't know what the expression is, but let me say, Jason, I am formally inviting you to crash the Chopper Friends Throwdown during Arizona Bike Week 2023. Nice, I appreciate that. That's awesome, and I and I will, I will accept. 
I will accept your challenge. Uh, based on the, can I tell you what I'm doing? You can, I would love to hear. So here's here's the 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 long and short of it. I have um, once I heard about the Chopper Friends Throwdown, I was like, I have the chopper for the Chopper Friends Throwdown. So back, this goes back in 2006, 2007. Uh, Paul at Bare Knuckle Choppers and I were were hanging pretty tight, you know, at all the events and stuff like that. Talking every day on the way home from work. One of those kind of relationships where we're like half, you know, half-assed girls. And um, he was encouraging me. He's like, "Hey, man, you need to design a frame and let me build it for you." And I'm like, "Ah, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a builder. I'm a mechanic. You know, back then, being a builder was a much different thing, I think, than what most people consider a builder today. And I'm not disparaging builders today. What I'm saying is the, the economy was different of parts back then. You know, everybody got oh, their. This is a, this, oh, this is a this is a tangent of a conversation we're going to have to have because um, I I 100% agree with you. But I and I also want to say one thing I recognize is you do the same thing I do. You got to put a disclaimer on everything because. <laughs> yeah, I don't want I don't want someone to go. Well, fuck this guy. He's an elitist or some kind of thing like that. Because I'm I'm not. I'm I'm. I try to quantify all my shitty uh, ideas with at least a, a, a modicum of concern or thought of, of somebody else that I I may offend. But you know. To me, a builder back then, you was somebody you could lock in a room with two tires and enough parts to build a motorcycle, and and they would roll one out the other end. You know, they would build the, they could build a frame, they could lace wheels, they could build an engine, they could build a trans, they could assemble everything, they could line up a drive line right. You know, I mean, back in the chopper days, yeah. there wasn't the economy of you know you didn't have a guy like Curtis Hoffman selling products that will actually bolt onto the bike they're intended for. That, that didn't happen. You know, you, you buy Frenders from Jesse James and they had no fucking holes in them. You know, you had That's to figure right. all that stuff out. So uh, Paul and I were talking back and forth and back and forth. And he said, well, just, you know, I said, I'm not a builder. He says, yeah, you got to stop that shit. You're like, you're a builder. You know, you're as much a builder as anybody else, blah, blah, blah. Well, so I designed a frame on a, on a piece of paper and drew some numbers on it and that. And I sent it to Paul and Paul built me a really cool one up, one out, 30 degree rake, uh, rigid frame for a sportster. Uh, back then I was a sportster guy. I really thought sportster choppers were underappreciated. And I thought there was a few that were done really, really well. And, and the things I didn't like about the sportster choppers that were being done, I, I changed it in this frame geometry and it's got a 180 rear. Um, and it's, it, I designed the frame so that you could buy the frame, buy a sportster and build a chopper out of it. It was kind of the same idea. I think that Jesse had with the CFL, go buy a soft tail, buy this frame kit from me. You got yourself a chopper. So I did that. He built the frame for me. I put it together, uh, mocked it up, took it apart, mocked it up. I've never built a bike off of this. I've got this frame. I've had it since 08. Okay. I, so in the interim, I, I acquired a CFL frame during Jesse's sale in 2005. I, had this I bought one of those too. The ones that it was a thousand bucks, thousand bucks, right? Yeah, it took a year yep. to a year later. They called me and asked me if I still wanted. I said, yeah. So anyway, so I build the CFL, I get it put together. I take it out. I ride it at no love party with Jesse all raw. It was cool. Had a great time. I get, I go to a few weeks later, I go to, um, the 
me, Paul, Darren, a bunch of us go to Indian Larry's block party. And Darren Williams, the painter, is like, dude, you got to let me paint your bike. You got to let me paint your bike. I'm like, I can't afford for you to paint my bike, dude. I'm a broke dick, you know? He's like, just send yeah, me the yeah. tins. Let me let me do something for you. Because I had done I had done a shitload of work with him through the shop. I had paid him to do a lot of work, over 100 grand one year in, in paint jobs. When we were just super busy back then. You know how it was. And so he paints my CFL. I get the tins. I build the bike. I end up selling that bike. It, I lose track of it. A few years ago, a dude messages me on Facebook saying, Hey, I think I have your old bike. I was like, yeah, it was whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. I noticed you changed the seat. I bought the seat that he had on that I had on the bike. He sold me the seat. Well, like two years later, he calls me up. He wants to bring me the whole bike. Well, he ends up bringing me the bike and I'm like, he wants to have it repainted. I'm like, what are you going to do with, why do you want to have it repainted? And he's like, well, cause it's your bike. I want it. I want a paint job that is mine. I said, to tell you what you buy all new sheet metal. I'll fit all the sheet metal for free. And I will pay for an equivalent paint job if I can have the old tins. So we do this trade. I end up with everything off the old bike, my my side mount plate, my everything off this CFL. He totally changed the CFL. So I have all this old stuff. I have a set of trees that were given to me by Bill Dodge. I have a set of custom wheels that Pat Patterson made for me that are one-off uh, invaders that are so fucking rad. You know, so it, everything on this bike was either built for me by a friend that I bought from them, or it was a gift given to me from a friend. So I thought chopper friends throw down. I thought I'd be perfect to crash that party. You know, fabricator Kevin gave me Damn the seat right. pan. I've got a, I've got an air, um, a rigid air from, from uh, Paul Cox. I mean, it's going to be a nice little, nice little overly expensive sports or chopper, but it's, it's something I've had for so long and I designed the frame. So it's truly my bike, you know? And, and you know, while we're on the subject, um, um, I, I, I gotta tell you, that is, that is what the chopper friends throw down. That's what it's about, right? That's, that's the point. It's not a competition. It's camaraderie and it's an excuse for a bunch of us. And there's a lot more of us than I thought to get off our asses and finish a project that we, um, have had in the works for a long time. Okay. I mean, uh, it's, it's amazing. I can't wait to tell you about, about mine. Um, but that th you, you hit the nail on the head. Though. That is exactly what this is about. And it is, uh, whoever's was, it's open to everybody. It's not just open. To we were talking about this on shop talk last night. It's not just open to, uh, professional builders. It's not just open to our little group. It's not just open to hamsters. It's not a clicky thing. Okay. If you're listening to this podcast and you are building or built a chopper and you want to come out to Arizona Bike Week and you want to ride with all of these, you know, industry icons and me uh, <laughs> from Winslow to Arizona Bike Week, uh, we, we would love to have you. We, I mean, we really would love to have you. I mean, um, and another thing I got to tell you is that I absolutely think the world of Paul from bare knuckle i i have a ton of respect for that guy his talent level to me is like top tier you know i am actually believe it or not um um i've had a long-term project for a buddy of mine out of north carolina and it kind of went like this um we we this was in my very first shop on the east coast he's like i want to build a bike and 
we saved and saved and saved and he saved and saved and saved and he gave me just enough money for the frame and I called up Paul and we built the frame and then he gave me just enough money for the Springer and I called Paul and he built me a Springer and then we had just enough money for a set of wheels and we bought the wheels and this is like going over years right right and finally um I got it completely mocked up while I was up here in Spearfish actually and then tore it down so many things happened along the way, but I, uh, now the bike is actually up on the lift right now in the back of my shop and it's in final assembly. It's, 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 we're actually wiring it. Um, this we've been wiring it last week. It's almost done. We're about ready to hit that start button and it's super excited or I'm super excited about it because it's like, uh, well, it's a 280 right side drive, rigid springer, just badass you know hardcore type of no frills chopper and it's it's a bare knuckle chopper frame and springer and um i actually i i kept saying you know i saw that paul had this line of, of parts i stumbled across it you know the last i you know the last i'd really talked to him was when the shop burned down yeah you know? um and I was like, oh, my gosh, dude, I'm sorry. Is there anything, I, you know, can I help? Is there anything I could do? But I felt so bad for the guy. But I was glad to see, you know, him back in it, you know, and, and, and doing stuff. Because, like you said, that guy, uh, his, his talent level on a mill and a lathe and with a TIG welder is just, uh, you know, hard to match. It really is. I have had some of the, some of the most amazing times with him he and i you know we've been friends for so long that we were talking i don't know it was during COVID we were talking and uh we forgot all of the things that we had done together and <laughs> dude just yeah. the shit storm of fun that we have had the two of us with our friends it's 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 awesome that you know we've been friends now for almost 20 years and uh we're both kind of he's a little younger than I am, but we've both been in the business about the same amount of time. And so the arc of our, of our friendship and the arc of our, I, I really, I don't think I've built any bikes where there haven't been at least one of his parts on it. And, and that's not by accident. That's literally, it's just by, you know, like, you know, that's just kind of the way it, the way things have, have, materialized i run his um i run his axles on all my personal yeah. stuff i run his risers on all my personal stuff um and i do it not just because it's the best stuff on the planet i do it because i love that guy i truly do and and being friends with him for as long as i have you know we're not we're not in each other's daily lives but that guy and i share such you know such fond memories of, of being with each other and, and hanging out and, and being kids in this industry and getting in fights and getting thrown out of places. And I mean, never hurt anybody, you know, but we just had a lot of yeah. fun, <laughs> a lot well, of fun. If it, if, if it dates my chopper friends throw down bike, I actually have a bare knuckle choppers oil tank on it. Um, with the, uh, with, with his oil cap, I had it brass plated. His oil cap that says oil and that badass font. You know, yeah. It's got like a design around the border and stuff. Um, um, that, yeah, that's how long mine's going. Um, uh, funny. So you, you probably remember, you know, for the FXR friends throwdown, I built two 
right? I built mine. Right. Yours and Ari's. And Ari from Law Tigers. And so when the Chopper Friends Throwdown thing materialized, I'm like, well, at least I'm off the hook because I had this long-term chopper build that was, again, you know, raw metal, mocked up. It wasn't painted. I wasn't finished even with mock-up. And, and we kicked this off. And I'm like, all right, well, this is my excuse to do it. And as it turns out, one of my really good customers walked in. He's like, so tell me about this chopper friends throwdown now. And he's like, because I want a chopper. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm building two. Ah. You know? <laughs> so, so keeping with tradition, I'll be, I'll be doing two of them. Um, uh, my personal one, actually, cart before the horse, um, I had a customer come in the shop on the East Coast, and he, he actually uh, he owed me a little bit of money. I don't remember what it was. It wasn't much, and I wasn't real pushy about it. But he's like, hey, would you take this Springer, you know, as payment? And I was like, I'm thinking it's like a DNA or something, you know, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. I'd have to see it. And he brought it in, and it was a 15-over Taco narrow Springer, and it was um, – Back in the day, before they tapered in the top to bring it four and a quarter distance on center, okay, the, the handlebar riser, uh, you know, mounts were six inches apart, and I looked at that and I'm like, yeah, yeah, this will cover your bill, absolutely, right. So, so then I called uh, my buddy Jason down at Paco. He doesn't work there anymore, but I called him and I said, hey, I've got this Springer. He's like, read me the number, and I gave him the number, and he. Literally, he's like, hold on a second. He came back, you know, on the phone a minute later. He's like, do you want to sell it? And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want to sell it. I want you guys to build me a frame for it, you know. So uh, Paco built me a frame uh, for it. Uh, it's like eight up, four out, you know, um, 40 degrees. Um, super, super excited about this frame. Been working on it a long time. Is that the I've one that's, uh, is there a photo of you sitting on that on your website? There, there actually is a photo of me sitting on that. I wanted yeah. to compliment you on your website. Uh, in, hear me on. This is not tongue in cheek or being a smartass. Like you have a legit. It was cool. I spent, like I said, I spent some time on it. It's like it's a legit, cool, old school bike shop website. Like here's the bikes <laughs> we've done. That. Here's the I people who work that. here. It's fucking cool. Like you know, I think so many people, including myself, overthink what we're doing to a point to where takes all of the, uh, I don't know, the not the organic, you know, nature of things where you're like, hey, you know, this is this is what I'm doing. And, you know, we try to, I don't know, we have a tendency, I think, as, as people in this industry to maybe try to make something look a little bit more difficult than what it already already is. And we don't have to do that, you know? Sure, sure. Like, sure. I love no. this bike that you built, the... This chopper looks got a Yaffe tank on it. It's got a magneto with Indian Larry uh, pushrod tube. Um, oh yeah! God yeah. damn, that's a beautiful bike, dude. <laughs> thank you, thank you, uh, thank you. That's um, it, it's blue and silver, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that it's funny you brought that up because uh, that is actually that was my personal chopper. That's the bike that I built after I got into the hamsters. I had a, uh, a 77 FLH that I raked and we hardtailed and, and did um, uh, a generator shovel in and complete custom digger 
Right. That was my custom bike to get me into the hamsters. And then once I got into the hamsters, um, somebody convinced me, said, hey, look, you always shortchange yourself. You always cut corners, but don't do it on this one. And that bike right there, I literally pulled out all the stops. Well, yeah, you can tell you spent, you spent some money on it. Yeah. 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 And, and I rode the shit out of that bike. And that was actually the bike that I got ran off the road in Mount Pleasant, South Carolina, um, was in a motorcycle wreck. And you asked what brought me to Deadwood. Um, it's a, it's a long story, but I'll give you a cliff notes. I got ran off the road. I was actually dead. Okay. Meaning no heartbeat, no pulse, no, what, no breathing in the middle of highway 17. Mm. All right. Um, and if it wouldn't have been for a passerby nurse that worked at Boeing down in Charleston, um, I wouldn't be on the phone with you right now, right? Because it took the ambulance like 14 minutes to get there. Right? Right. So I was going to be dead. She brought me back to life. She stayed, she resuscitated me and to the hospital I went. And um, I, you know, obviously I had the bike. It was trashed in a lot of ways. Um the only bike I could hold up, now that was in May of 2014, the only bike I could hold up was my 89 FXR. We came out here to the rally, and um, Dave Withrow from Maverick Publishing, which, you know, American Cycle, Urban Bagger, American yep. Bagger Magazine, uh, ran, he ran a couple of my bikes in his magazines, and I went over there just to say hi and, and tell him thank you, you know, for, for running the bike. And I said, man, if I could ever live in the Black Hills, I'd do it in a minute. Because when you have a motorcycle wreck of that magnitude, it really makes you reevaluate your life. Well, sure. Right? You know, and as much as I love living in Charleston and in the low country, it was just getting really crowded for me. Just a lot of people, you know, um, like the secret was out, you know, that Charleston was the jewel of the South. And, and I'd always loved it up here. And so... Uh, Dave called my bluff and I, long story short, I moved, uh, I moved up here at six trailers, uh, six trailer loads, 33 foot trailer and an F-350 dually and drag all my stuff up here, um, for a, for a, you know, a life change type of thing. And, uh, I've never regretted it. Uh, we started out, I started out, it was Black Hills Choppers. Sure. A lot of people have heard of that. And, mm-hmm. and I rebranded it because. Uh, you know, we're talking about 2014 and 2015. And I said, you know, Hey, the 90s called, they want their motorcycle shop name back, you know? And, <laughs> and so, um, we rebranded the Black Hill Cycles. Shop did great. Um, I wrote all the text for American Bagger and Urban Bagger magazines and, and the, the features in American Cycle and whatever. And I, I, I enjoyed it, but, Dave and I were partners in the shop and, uh, you know, honestly, I don't have a bad word to say about him. Um, but my life was in Deadwood, you know, um, I was dating my wife at the time, Charlie, her family is the saloon number 10 and, um, you know, you've met Charlie. Oh yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, self-explanatory, right? I yeah. Mean, <laughs> Yeah, you, I mean, don't have, I did, you don't have to I, sell me on that one. <laughs> yeah, I fell madly in love with this woman. And, uh, I said, you know, count my blessings every day. I'm so thankful. And, um, so I just wanted to be in Deadwood and I knew a shop would make it in Deadwood if it had the right 
place, the right people, you know, and, and, and it, it, I could make a go of it. So I, you know, I, I told Dave, I, I wanted to go back out on my own. I secured this building and, um, we, I opened, I officially opened the business in January of 2018, but in on, in all honesty, you know, I already had all my equipment. I had inventory, you know, from the East coast and everything. So it wasn't like I had a big gigantic startup, you know, um, and we opened Deadwood Custom Cycles. And I got to say that um, I, I've never looked back because we are super, super blessed. You know, um, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal town. And, and it's a phenomenal town to live in. Don't get me wrong. I don't want all you fuckers moving here. Let me be clear about that. You can come <laughs> visit for two weeks a year, you know, in August. And, and then go home. Gone. We love having you. We love our tourists. But... But um, it's a great place to be in the business community because everybody supports everybody. Everybody looks out for everybody. They love their tourists. You know, um, 8,500 people a day come to Deadwood in the summertime. You know, um, and then in the winter, we have obviously the winter sports. And our chamber is so amazing with events, you know, Um the events that we have, whether it be Mardi Gras or the Days of 76 Rodeo or Pub Crawl for St. Patrick's Day, there's just always something going on in Deadwood. And um, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have customers from all over the country because they know that they get their bike built or rebuilt or whatever here. And then um, they can fly in, they can fly into the Black Hills and, and you know, pick up their bike and ride around and enjoy a trip to Deadwood. And yeah, it's a, it's a good, it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, I, 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 cause I, I wondered, I'm like, Jesus, that that's a move. Like that's a power move to say, I'm going to go set up in Deadwood where nobody, you know, your cut, what percentage of your customers would you say are either out of state or out of town? Uh, honestly, I'm going to say, uh, out of state, probably about, believe it or not, probably about 50%. But here's the thing, okay? Um, if you would have told me, Jason, that, that I was going to be uh, in a town of 1,200 people in the middle of South Dakota and own a motorcycle shop where it snows, you know, five to six months out of the year, I would have called you a liar. Right. But here's the thing, okay? We don't have a quantity of riding as much as we have a quality of riding, you know. And in say in Charleston, obviously way more people, right? We're mm-hmm. still under a million people in the state of South Dakota as a state, right? Um, there's probably a million people just in the Charleston, you know, Low Country, Mount Pleasant, uh, you know, West Ashley, Folly Beach. So there's probably a million people there. Yeah, but a lower percentage of them own motorcycles, right? Maybe let's say 10 percent of them own a motorcycle. Well, up here in the hills, and and I don't know the exact number, but I'm here to tell you that I bet you fifty percent of the people here own a Harley. It's absolutely crazy. You you run into these people and and they're like, oh yeah, I got a '04 uh, Heritage, and you're like thinking to yourself like. You have a Harley Davidson, right. you know what I mean? Because they don't, they don't fit the mold or the the demographic yeah, that you that have high. in your in your yeah. head. Yeah, so we have uh, so many locals um, 
uh, not just not just deadwood, but spearfish, whitewood, surges, of course, you know, um, and then we you know we're really not that far from the Wyoming border and, and everything going on that, over there. And then, of course, we have Rapid City and everything in between. And one thing I do like is that, you know, we don't have a ton of aftermarket shops here, but everybody works together. They really do. You know, um, I get referrals from people. I, you know, Sturgis Indian sends me customers over. And it, it really just feels like a big, like a, a really big uh, organic motorcycle community. It really does. I mean, um, the point of my show is that, you know, locals, and when I say locals, I'm talking about those of us that live in the Black Hills, okay? Yeah. Um, during the rally, you know, a lot, some people, you know, they, their friends come in town and they, they put them up and they ride with them and stuff. But there's a lot of locals that will literally leave and rent their house out, you know, and then there's other locals uh, that have to work the whole rally and they won't even ride during the motorcycle rally because. Yeah. There's too many people there, right? They don't want to be a statistic. They don't want to be part of the problem. Yeah. And I don't, I, I don't ride. I literally ride one time during the rally. I ride over. And quite honestly, depending on what Charlie's hair situation is, like if she did her hair up nice, well, we're taking the truck over to the hamster dinner on Monday night over at Spearfish. So I might not even ride at all. Um, you know, that's rally. a that's a thing I try to explain to people that are not in our industry is like, you know, people are like, oh, God, man, it must be great. You just you must ride all the time. And I'm like, actually, I don't. I think that, and, and I try to explain it this way, like I'm not I'm not the long distance rider guy. I'm not the the Paul Yaffe, get on my get on my FXR and ride to or get on my bagger and ride to North Carolina from Arizona. I'm just not that guy. I enjoy air conditioning. I enjoy I want to get there and I want to get there in one piece in the in the quickest manner possible. And maybe that'll change for me at some point in time. I mean, I think you can you can definitely agree that you have to limit the amount of time that you spend outside of your motorcycle shop until things really, you have a good system and a good crew and a, you know, all these other pieces and parts. But I try to explain to people that I have a very different motorcycle experience than they do, but it's no less fun, no less important, no less, you know, critical to, I couldn't, I tell people all the time, I could close this motorcycle shop tomorrow and never work on a customer's bike again. What I can't quit is I can't quit the relationships that I have through this business. I cannot quit the industry. I love the people that I'm in this industry with. Even the people that I don't get along with, I still love that they're there. I love that they 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 create. I mean, we're such a creative group of, of human beings. It's unbelievable. I mean, the, other than motorcycle, or, uh, other than musicians, Name another group of people that are as creative as we are. Even in the car business, the car business is so big that the creative the creative segment of it is tiny. But almost everybody that has a shop like yours and mine builds and creates and paints and does something. And you're a hundred percent right. You're a hundred percent right. And I'll tell you the story that I relate because people are like, "Oh, you know, you're you're so lucky." Um, is that when I was in the Marine Corps. Um, I was stationed at Camp Lejeune, and we used to go over to Emerald Isle to go surfing. And there was a guy named Jeff, and he owned uh, a surf shop called Sweet Willie Surf Shop on Emerald Isle. 
and we used to always stop in and we're like, come on, Jeff, come on, it's breaking, let's go, you know, come, come surf with us. And he's like, I can't, I, I can't, I have to be at the shop, you know, I have to be, you know, I have to be at the store. And he said one time to me, he's like, you know, I've never surfed so little until I opened a surf shop, you know, and, and that is the truth. You know, I mean, I've never ridden motorcycles so little since when I opened a motorcycle shop, you know, um, because you're, you're a hundred percent right. And now we're lucky, like Charlie and I, you know, we'll, we'll make an excuse and we'll, for three days, we'll take off and we'll go to the Bighorns of Wyoming and, and ride the, and ride the bagger and, and have a blast with it. But, you know, I walk to work. Okay. I mean, it's five minutes from where I live to the shop. Sometimes on a Friday night, you know, when Charlie's bartending over at the 10, I'll, I'll jump on my 79 FL8, kick only jockey shift, you know, and I'll, I'll jump on that thing and I'll roll out the surges and then come back, you know, uh, um, Canyon or something like that, you know, and, and go for a little ride. Um, sometimes the guys and I, we, we'll play hooky on a, like, as it was getting towards, you know, the winter time here, um, we had like, you know, it was cold as shit. And then we had a 70 degree day and I'm like, boy, we don't know if we're going to be able to do this, you know, for another couple months. And we closed the shop two hours early and we all went for a ride, you know? Um, and they were all about it. You know, they were all for it. So yeah. I'm a hundred percent with you as far as, um, the amount of, of time that we have to ride. I mean, if you think about like, yeah, I would love to ride the Arizona bike week, but I'm probably going to be pulling a trailer with seven bikes in it with folks from the Black Hills to get us down there because I, and, and, and it also, I have limited time uh, that I can be away and have the shop closed uh, to be down there and enjoy Arizona bike week and come back. So if I can, if I can drive it with a group of guys and we can drive straight through, compared to taking three days on a motorcycle there and back. Yeah. That's you know what you're going to do. Right. Well, yeah. and, but yeah. my, my motorcycle experience fill fulfills my motorcycle desire. Like I spend, you know, eight to 10 plus hours a day at my motorcycle shop. Most of the friends that I have away from the motorcycle shop are friends that I either met through motorcycling or because of motorcycling. Well, there's a big difference, right? I, I have friends that I met through the shop and I have friends that I met away from the shop that were friends throughout the commonality. The common link is the motorcycles, right? And my kids, you know, I work with my daughter until he passed away. I worked with my dad. So this is right, a, this is a right. three generation family business that, that this has been our whole our whole lives. If you talk to my kids, they don't remember not having a motorcycle shop. They just don't. It's not something that exists in, in their head, you know, and they remember their grandfather always having a motorcycle and me, you know, when I got into motorcycles, cause I was a little bit of a late bloomer on it. I, I, I fought it a little bit, you know, I was, I was really, really into to street racing on, you know, cars and stuff. And so that was kind of my kink growing up in Detroit. But, um, we have a very different experience, but it's just as important. And, you know, I, I get people that, you know, they're like, oh, man, do you ride to Sturgis? And I said, no, that sounds fucking horrible. I live in Florida. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding idea. me? It would take me five days. You know what I mean? And, and not to mention, uh, coming from Charleston to Sturgis, I'm here to tell you, after you get past, past the Smoky Mountains, it's a pretty fucking boring ride. Yeah, with you, you know, it's it's pretty boring, you know. I'm just saying, 
You know, I mean, it's it's not uh, that the East Coast going to Surges is not anywhere near as an exciting a ride, you know, as or, or, or I should say as a scenic a ride as everything to the west of us. You know? No, right. And, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you, when I go to Sturgis uh, this last year, uh, not not this year that we just had, the year prior, 21, the year I went, I went before uh, the board was the most I had ever ridden at Sturgis. I went all the way to, I took my daughter was, it was her first, um, her first Sturgis rally that she was working. So she had one day off. So we went to Mount Rushmore and rode through the, uh, was it needles highway? Yep, and, Needle you know, highway. did all the, did all the, the kitschy touristy stuff with my daughter so that I could say that I did it with her. You know, I didn't want to take her out there and say, well, you know, we could have done this. We could have done that. Um, right, right. I listen, man, when I go to Sturgis, it is an opportunity to, to get FaceTime and drink beers and have meals with people that I love that I don't live by. I mean, you know, you have the same problem I have is we don't live by our humans, the people that are like no. us, the yeah. people, you know I mean? You have, you guys have a nice little group of hamsters up in, in the Black Hills and Sturgis area and that, but, and there's a good group down here too, but my best friends live other places so you know cody that lives in texas when he goes to sturgis when we go to sturgis together that's you know three days in the truck or you know two days in the truck there two days in the truck back where it's just we get to to really you know bond and and talk about important things and you know we build bikes together and and we we do really really neat shit that i don't want to put my helmet on and go ride somewhere and be solitary so, you know, we ride to Matt's or we ride to Deadwood. We, you know, we make sure we go places. Yeah. I'm not saying we don't, but I want to spend time. I love, I love my people. I love being social. I think you, I think you learned that on the high seas that I, I did. I did. I just, I love, I, I want to make people laugh. I want to make people happy. I want, when people leave, I want them to go, man, that guy was funny or, you know, or the, so my motorcycle experience is, like I said, I couldn't, I could close this motorcycle shop tomorrow if, it, if I had to and go get, you know, go teaching again or something or go work for somebody else. But I, I can't quit the business and I can't go get a real fucking job because I have to go to Sturgis and I have to go to Daytona and I have to go see all of you people. You know what I mean? No, no one's well, going to give know, me time off. I have, I have, I have so much to comment about what you're saying because I couldn't agree more. Um, it was two rallies ago. I think it was two rallies ago. And, um, and, and, uh, you know, Yappy always sets up his headquarters here at, 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 um, Devil Custom Cycles, right? We, we affectionately call ourselves Bagger Nation North. And, uh, he was set up with a 30 foot tent in the parking lot and all his stuff. And there's people everywhere. And it was just one of those days, right? Cause during the rally, we're open from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. Okay. Every day. Oof. And it was in a, I was in, I, I was having a day and we were working on, uh, one of my guys was working on an M8 and he had accidentally snapped off the center bolt for uh, center, the center bolt for the, for the uh, rocker box, which meant, oh, yeah. and it was in a soft tail. So it was a, it was going to be an extraction from hell. And it was just like, everything was going to shit. Right. And I think Yaffe could see it on my face and he had that golden rule road glide of his. Uh, with the 131 M8 and the ODC suspension and all the goodies. And 
he goes, Hey, something's going on with my bike. I want you to take a look at it. And I'm like, all right, yeah, get in here. Let's, let's get in here, get it figured out. Come on. I got an open lift. Come on. And he's like, no, 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 no. You, you need to ride it. And I'm like, what? He's like, no, you just, you just need to take it for a ride. Uh, so you can tell me what's wrong with it. And I, I started to pick it up. And so I jumped on, uh, the golden rule and Yaffe jumped on, uh, the law tigers, uh, road glide and we took off. I told my guys, I'm like, Hey, I'm, I'll be on my phone if you need me. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm taking out for a little bit. And at this point, I think we had been at it for, you know, five days straight at those hours. And so Yaffe and I rode handlebar to handlebar down the surges, went on main street. He's like, when's the last time you were at main street during the rally? And I'm like, uh, 10 years ago, probably, you know, cause I'd been up here so long and, and, uh, we had a, just a fucking blast. You know, we, we rode the loop. We were doing, you know, 140 on the interstate. And then we pulled over to gas station and two guys that, you know, didn't have anything to do with motorcycles. We just talked about, you know, weird shit. And then, uh, you know, rode back into Deadwood and run up Main Street of Deadwood. And Paul is such a good friend. He's like a big brother to me and, and really has been for a long time. And he could just see it in my face and could tell that I was having a bad day. And he wanted to, he wanted to get me out of that. You know, he wanted to help me with that. And I was, I was so grateful. You know, I, Yeah. I we don't so do that grateful. enough for ourselves. We don't give no. ourselves that quarter at all. We don't, you know, we, and, and it's amazing how fast you can solve a problem with a fresh set of eyes and a fresh set of hands and a, and a fresh, you know, a fresh heart. When you come back yeah. into a bad situation and, and you can be the calming one in the room, because that's really, you know, I, I, how many, I don't know how many guys you have working for you, but, you know, we're, we're in a very, very weird business that you can go from feast to famine very quickly. Um, you know, the people that, that are the most successful in our, in our industry are the people, they all have one thing in common. They all have a manufactured. They all have a line of manufactured parts. And what I when I when I say that, I, I don't mean to disparage guys that do what you and I do, um, but they understand the passive income piece. And we're right. we we own a business that is almost impossible to hire somebody to replace you. I've, I've been you know before I had my own business, I worked for. A lot of other businesses that you know i was a manager and you were always taught as a manager that your job is to find your replacement if you find yourself a replacement at deadwood custom cycles and i find myself a replacement at cycle stop usa that person could just as easily go do it for themselves exactly so exactly right. we just have such a heart and you know i'm not complaining i'm trying to explain the 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 level of difficulty that you and i and in our peer group go through so when when we're intense and we're having a bad day and maybe we lash out and say something that we wouldn't normally say under normal circumstances we it's because we're not being I don't know. We have so much to lose, right? And 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 at the top of your chart, I know this about you and not I don't even we don't even know each other that well. But the integrity that is associated with 
the name Jason Mook and all of the things that encompass that is something that you absolutely will not compromise. And you have to be very careful who you entrust with the intellectual property that's attached to Jason Mook. Oh, you're, dude, you're a hundred percent right. I mean, you're, you're a hundred percent right. You know, it's, what's funny is, um, it's, it's a, it's, uh, you've touched on, it's a different kind of business, you know, now truth be told, you know, I, I had a guy walk in this rally actually, and I was behind the counter checking over an invoice and he was like, well, I bet you guys are really thankful for us. I said, oh yeah, yeah, we're very thankful. But I mean, what do you mean? And he's like, well, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for us. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? He's like, well, you, you wouldn't have a shop here if it wasn't for the rally. And I started laughing. I said, okay, just so you know, uh, I'm going to be perfectly clear. I'm going to be blunt with you. The motorcycle rally is 12% of my business. 12%. That's what money we make. And we, we do very well during the rally. Very well. And we keep our prices the same, you know, at retail, we don't mark up our, our labor rate, nothing. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm a brick and mortar shop. I'm here year round. I don't change anything to gouge tourists because I know what it was like when I came here to the rally. Right. So, right. But I told them, I'm like, don't take this the wrong way, dude, but I could close down for this week, 10 days, whatever it is. And it wouldn't really affect my lower right hand corner that much. But what kind of a dick would I be? if I owned a motorcycle shop in Deadwood, South Dakota, and I closed it during the rally, right? When people need us, you know, I mean, my interstate batteries bill at the end of the rally is $6,000. Yeah. I can I'll, imagine. I'll tell anybody, I sell $6,000 my cost worth of interstate batteries. And everything we do during the rally is just fixing broken shit. Yeah. And I feel like it's, it's my contribution to tourism. Because I remember when I, you know, I would sit in Charleston, I would save my money all year long and think about going to the Surges Rally. I was so excited to get out here and ride the hills. And there's nothing worse in the world than getting out here and your bike breaks, you know. So we, yes, we do do some installs of like monkey bar, handlebars for Bagger Nation and stuff like that. But by and large, we're literally just fixing broken shit. That's what we're doing. Well, and, and what people understand is, I spend $30,000 with drag specialties in July to get ready for the rally, to have a bunch of stuff so that if somebody breaks, I've got the parts they need to fix them. So, you know, we, we, we can get them back on the road and, and they can enjoy their rally. And honest to God, you know, we, we do absolutely the best we can. Um, another Another aspect of it is I feel like there's a lot of people out there that motorcycling is a hobby to them and it's mm -hmm. an obsession and it's a way of life, but it's, and it's their release. It's what they do on Saturdays and, and Sundays, you know, to get away from their cubicle or whatever it is, they go out yeah. and ride. And sometimes they don't always look at a motorcycle shop as like a no shit business. You know, like I know, you come in here and you always see cool shit going on. You always see cool, you know, cool builds going. Um, and, but, but, but listen, this is not a place where we just sit here and bullshit all day. Like we got work to do, you know, people are counting on us and people spend uh, folding money, you know, to have these badass toys 
and it's my responsibility. I can't let them down. And I just want to say, you know, look, this is a legitimate business. This is how I feed my family. This is how I pay my mortgage. You know, like it's real, you know, and like you said, my situation different. You know, I'm, I'm what's called a, I'm, I'm an FAG. I'm a former action guy. So I'm not going to be uh, going and back, going back overseas and, and contracting or, or anything. You know, I don't really have a lot of options if this shop closes. I mean, I guess I could go bartender to spoon number 10 or I could go work at Black Hills Harley. Well, closer, I, but I don't really want to do that. I tell you people know? all the time that I'm professionally unemployed. I think you fit that, you fit that bill very well. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We're profe- yeah. we're professionally unemployed and we're, you know, I'm a very, you know, I always kid around and say that I'm not employable. I'm a very good employee. I'm so good of an employee that I couldn't work for anybody because I couldn't deal with their bullshit enough to, I, I you know, I just knew there was a better way, better way to do it. It's, it's, it's not hubris. It's just like, you know, I, it's the, it's, it's the, the environment that you're, that you come up in and, and your ability to problem solve and your ability to, to, to delegate and, and, you know, and, and be innovative and think about things. And, you know, it's, it's, it's such an incredibly important um, piece to what we do that it's not, you know, it's why I'm so, I'm so torn, man. Like I know that every motorcycle shop has one thing in common everybody started in their garage. But I did a couple years ago, I did a podcast. It was one of my biggest downloaded podcasts and it was called Thinking Big. And it was about not staying in your garage. I'm okay with somebody starting in their garage, but I'm not okay with somebody staying in their garage because, you know, a fish can only get as big as the fish tank that it's in. And that's right. when that's the limiting factor, not the amount of food that it can consume, not the you know, it, 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 it's, it's all based on the amount of footprint that it's allowed. Anybody that stifles themselves on purpose, I just, I, man, I'm really torn because, you know, I don't want to shit on people that, that are still in their garage, even though I will admit for a good deal of my career, I have, um, you know, when I'm paying, you know, $30,000 a month to be open and somebody down the road is charging half of what I charge to work out of their garage. They don't have an insurance policy. They don't have a repair don't facility. Have right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and I'm, you know, whether they do good work or not, I'm like, listen, if you only want to make $50 an hour, then come work for me. I'll charge the hundred. I'll give you the 50. I'll give you a safe place to work. I'll turn you, I'll show you how to really do this because I really do this. You know, and I've been doing it long enough now that I'm arguably one of the guys that did people, you know, people come to me all the time and ask me, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this or I'm thinking about doing that. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people that have done enough. I've made enough shitty choices, Jason, that I can I can help people avoid that. And if I can help people avoid making shitty choices, I, I want to do that. Well, you know, I and I I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to back that up. Okay. And I'm going to say, cause like, I, I didn't really know you that well. And I know we, we still don't know each other super, super well or anything. I mean, I, I, uh, I know about that thing you had with the goat, you know, years ago, but I, we don't, you know, we're not going to talk about <laughs> well, that. But, it's only because I somebody mean, gave you, you photos. Entrusted, you, you entrusted me with that little piece of nugget of knowledge. But I, I, I will say that um, when I first, 
you know, met you or whatever, I, I was kind of like, this guy a dick? Is, is he is he a dick? You know, but the, the amount of time when we got to hang out on, on the high seas rally, I, I learned two things. Number one, I learned, I was like, this dude is number one, fucking funny as shit, hilarious to talk to, and and very, 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 you know, friendly and outgoing. But the other thing, sitting in on your um, your session of Cycle Source Shop Talk, I was like, oh, my God, this dude is fucking smart. Like, he knows. Like, things that only we know, you know, you were putting out there, you know, and you didn't care the fact that it's probably, you know, 75% of it was going over the, the audience's head. Especially like, Jeff Z's. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You know, but I was just like, oh, my God, this dude, just, this dude is an incredibly knowledgeable you know, motorcycle mechanic, bike builder, whatever. Like he, he's putting it out there. He's putting the good shit out there. Well, I appreciate that. that. Um, no, I, I was very impressed, and I really, really enjoyed getting to know you better. I really did. I, I, uh, and I'm excited for where it's going. You know, I think there's, there's a future. I, I mean, we, we're, we're alike in so many ways because we've been talking about this podcast since October. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but no, man, it's, it's, it's really good. It's really good. I, I, uh. I got to tell you, um, I have an incredible crew that you ask, you know, and I have five guys that work for me full time um, and then two more. And they, they understand, you know, and every once in a while, don't get me wrong. I got to like get everybody together and fucking, you know, chew some ass or, or be a jerk. But I, I explain to them, like, listen, okay, first of all, you know, there's going to be a, a week to go by here where nobody will walk through that door. Yeah. Okay. There'll be days where the phone doesn't ring in December, you know, because it's negative seven and there's four feet of snow on the ground. You know, we're about to get hit with a hell of a blizzard uh, tonight and it's going to go for the next three days. And I, I said to him, I said, listen, you can, you can go somewhere else uh, and do something different unrelated to motorcycles every one of you guys is incredibly talented and you can make a you know boatload of money you really could okay but i want you to think about it for a second like my counter guy who was 25 years in construction you know and i said to him the other day i'm like hey you're not on a scaffold you're not making what you made before but you're not on a scaffolding right now you know with uh 30 mile per hour winds and, and a negative 14 wind chill he's like nope I'm good. I'm happy right where I'm at, you know, but yeah. I told him, I'm like, listen, think about what you're doing for a second. Take a look around the showroom. Take a look at all these bikes that are on this list. And I'm not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but we have a lot of really cool projects going right now. And I tell these guys, I'm like, listen, you guys know that I'm not stingy and, and, and about, you know, yeah, I did this. I, I, oh no, I, I pump my team up. That's a very yeah, critical a, thing I'm to a, do. I'm in a team environment. I love being in a team environment. And I told, I told the guys, I'm like, take a look at what you're building. Take a look at what you're involved in, you know? And, and when that thing comes down in that first ride and the, the sense of pride you're going to have, you know, when the customer comes and we pull that sheet off and they see it the first time, you know, I was like, you really got to be thankful and like soak this up, like live in the moment, like enjoy it. You know, you, 
uh, are doing things that some guys, quite frankly, not that they can't do it, they just won't do it. You know what I mean? They won't take that plunge. They won't take that dive. And that's, that kind of goes back to what you were talking about, about, you know, staying in a garage. You know, I wrote, I wrote a piece a while back that, that, they, that, that Dave ended up putting in American Bagger Magazine about just get out there and do something. You know, I, I, I said, look, yes, you know, uh, do the research, get a nice lift or get a frame lift or whatever. And, you know, change out your derby coat. Okay. I mean, and then, you know, buy yourself a service manual and understand what, you know, uh, torque specs are and understand how gaskets and seals and stuff work and, and change out your derby cover and then take a look back, you know, or take a step back and look at it and say, you know what? I did that. I did that right there. I, I changed that out. You know, like just do something, you know what I mean? Put your hands on the motorcycle, have, have fun with it, you know? And, that's the thing about Harley culture, you know, back in the day, and I'm talking, you know, the knuckle pan shovel head in the showroom days, right? You know, you had to be a mechanic. Oh yeah. You weren't riding those bikes. You weren't riding those bikes. If you know, that's what, that's one of the most frustrating things about building a bike for somebody is when they're like, yeah, I want a foot clutch, hand shift, kick only shovel head. I'm like, well, let's, okay. Let's talk about what kind of bikes you've had in the past you know and they're like well I've, you know i've got a cvo uh i've got a cvo road glide now and i've always wanted a chopper i'm like yeah you know what maybe maybe a foot shift's probably or a, a foot foot clutch is probably not a great idea if you've never ridden one and you know you can learn but when you're throwing all these things and like oh for god's sakes i'm like listen you have to you there's not a lifetime warranty on on this thing once it leaves the bike, the bike shop you know what i mean i'm not going to follow you around because we all went through that too we've all had the customer that we made friends with we built the bike they take out they go they you go ride with them a couple times you're kind of hey make sure you know when you go around the corner you gotta make and don't pull on the thing and no don't twist it the other way and you gotta you know when you get home you gotta check these bolts and you know and then they take it yep, out and ride yep, it yep, one yep. time without you and you're sitting in church on sunday and they're texting you hey cocksucker and then i'm on the side of the road and blah, 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 blah. i'm like hey man like at some point in time you're responsible for this thing it's it, it's a fucking chopper. You know what I mean? It's going to leak. The, the, you know, my favorite is like, it, it's leaking. And I'm like, where's it leaking from? There's a tube on the back. And it's I'm like, yeah, it's coming out. That's a fucking, it's sumped. It's a blowhole. And then you got to get, well, the oil pump has a check ball. And the check ball doesn't always sit in there. You get the smallest piece of dirt. And you can hold the check ball open. And, you know, gravity, you can't fight gravity. The oil comes from the tank that's mounted high. That's why it doesn't happen on a twin cam with a fucking bagger. You know, it's like, Jesus Christ. You know, everything's, uh, everything is a romper room, you know, uh, lesson for, for, for somebody you have to, you have to gradually move into having understanding that even the best built motorcycle on the planet that costs the most amount of money is going to have some idiosyncratic problems with it, you know? And they require, they require maintenance and upkeep. And that's, and that's a, Jace, that's a subject for another time. And we will have that one. Like, but I love the the guy comes in and he, he starts to talk about his bike, and I'm I'm like, so oh, so do you need you need a, a ten thousand mile service? He's like, no, I I service my own bike. I'm like, oh, okay, so 
uh, what do you what do you do? What what what's part of your service? He's like, well, I change oil. And that, and immediately, I know you already know what I'm. Oh, God, say. I'm like, okay. When was you the last know, time you changed the dot four? You, okay, okay. you take the dot like, four out completely, right? You have the you have the techno research that pulses the ABS pump, and then that's right. they, their yeah. eyes roll back in their forehead, and they're like, no. Yeah, you understand that you have to. Yeah, I mean, you understand that you have to adjust your belt tension, and you have to uh, your belt alignment, and push drives wear out over time, and you know you have to lubricate things, and you know, and <laughs> and how how was your fall away the last time you checked it, sir? My follow exactly. what? <laughs> you know, I'm like, listen, yeah. there's a reason why we're in business. And, you know, if you want to do your own oil changes, I'm a great place to buy oil and, and filters from. And I'm also a great place to get advice from, too, if you buy your oil and filter from me. You know, that's what the that's what I try to get people to understand. And there's no way we had enough. We have enough time to talk about the the proliferation of e-commerce sites that aren't attached to real bike shops. I'm not talking about dream rides. I'm talking about online retailers that are in the ethos of not, you know, I, I know what to tell people to do. Like you, you mentioned that the talk that I did on the boat, that's because I see that shit every day, man. <laughs> you know? Uh, exactly. Exactly. And you know, and, and, and you see it every day. And, uh, and I could tell from, from your presentation that you don't just like, ah, well, you know, like you literally say, okay, I'm going to research this. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to find the answer. I'm going to get educated on this. I'm going to deal with it. You know what I mean? And, and that's the thing is, you know, you sometimes feel the pressure of when you're talking about motorcycles, you've got to be the smartest guy in the room, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're talking to customers and I'm, I'm, I don't want to um, take away from anybody that's, want that wants to work on their own bike i just got done saying how you should put your hands on your bike and do something if you feel comfortable with it um but at the same time you know there's so much that is under that is that is not covered or not stated yeah. about the amount of preventative maintenance that goes into these bikes and you know one of the one of the um one of the most simplest so what we do, you might come in here to have your headlight bulb changed out. And and if we take a part off the motorcycle and put one on, it gets test ridden, period. Every time, there's always a test ride. And a requirement of our test rides is my guys have to check the tire pressure and, and get the tire pressure right. And I'm willing to bet that your statistics are about the same as mine. 90% of the motorcycles that come in here have inaccurate or, or low tire. Pressure. I'd say a hundred. I'm telling you. And so my guys will, you know, get the tire pressure. Correct. They'll take it for a ride and they'll come back. And I'll have the customer, uh, they'll, they'll come back and they'll be like, what did you do to the front of my bike? It feels amazing. Like we just put air in your tire. What? Yeah. We just got your tire pressure to wear it. And, and I'm, I'm not, uh, suggesting that, you know, people aren't doing it right. But I'm just saying that, hey, there's a lot to it. You know, the, the, the spiel you gave on brakes and brake fluid on the boat was phenomenal. You know, we do a, we do a, a on like 2000 to 2007, uh, that, that, that era of brakes, we do a brake service that literally brings those things back to their original glory. 
And, you know, it's a little time consuming, but it's totally worth it. Makes all the difference in the world. And, and, and guys are like, oh my gosh, I've got, I feel confident about my breaks again. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I bet. Yeah. You have to, I mean, you know, nothing lasts forever. You know, my favorite is I just put new clutches in it. I'm like, when? Well, 10 years ago, but I didn't ride it. I'm like, those aren't new clutch plates. Nope. <laughs> They've been nope. sitting around no, sticking no. together for a fucking decade. I've actually had a customer <laughs> tell me that. Well, I didn't ride it. I'm like, well, it, that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's silly the, the way that, that people are. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I, I try to explain to people. I'm like, look, motorcycles don't stand up on their own. So... You know, I mean, there's a couple of things that we tell them. Like, like I don't brake motorcycles here. I fix them. You know, motorcycles don't stand up on their own. You know, I, I it just, it, it is what it is. You know, uh, you have to, and we do safety inspection worksheets here. So everybody gets a safety inspection worksheet, you know. Okay. And we go over, it's, you know, it's like a, it's a 25 or 30 point, you know, safety inspection where we're checking all the things. And yeah, you know, we do use it for upsells but it's never for anything that you don't absolutely need. You know, the idea is that guy comes in, he's like, yeah, I'm getting a new rear tire. Well, we already got the brake caliper off. Do you want to get the new pads on? You know, we got 25% left or you can wait the 25%. But if you're going to leave here and drive to Georgia and back, you're going to be metal to metal by the time you get back. Right. You know, exactly. A little bit of education goes a super, super long way in, in that, in that space. And, and, you know, we do the same thing, um, you know, like you, I don't really need to upsell. I mean, mm-hmm. we have so much freaking work, but at the same time, there is, I feel an obligation. Yeah. I was going to uh, say it, you don't need to upsell, but you really need to upsell. You, you need to, you have an obligation to your customer to say, Hey, look, you need this and here's why. And you got to back it with some fact and, you know, but I mean, exactly. dude, things wear out. You have to. You have an obligation to the customer to, number one, if, if they can do something now and it will save them heartache or save them money in the long run. You know, I do a thing. I have a thing. I call it cross-pollination, you know, and I know there's other shops that they just charge. It is what it is. Flat. Boom, 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 boom. Or, you know, it's very direct. But, you know, if you if you do more work, you know, at, at the time, well, then you know, I can't charge you double or I can't charge you twice for taking the exhaust off. You know what I mean? Like it it only comes off one time to do this. So if you do this at the same time, you're going to save money. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And, and, but I, I, I'm very fortunate that me and my guys, well, you know, when we're wrenching, I make them, uh, I make them do that same type of inspection, that same kind of that go over everything. And, and it's one of those things where, look, you don't have to do it, but you would be smart to do it. And, yeah, nine times out of ten, they're like, yep, yep, go ahead, do it. You're right? You know, I mean, yeah, let's do it. And it becomes an upsell. But I'm not I'm not trying to, like you said, I'm not trying to gouge people. I'm not, I'm not trying to rip them off. I'm not, you know, I mean, you, to be honest with you, I firmly believe that you couldn't be in this industry for any length of time. Because the word would get out. If you oh were yeah, dishonest. we're good at that in this business. We're very good at that in this business. It's we're like an eight-year-old at a fucking birthday party. They can see the clown holding the 
the quarter behind his, you know, his hand. He's, he's palming it. He's got it in his hand. We we sniff out the. I mean, and that's what you know. We have like a vetting system in this unwritten vetting system in this industry where it's like pretty soon, you know, the clown shoe. You can you can hide your clown shoes in your fucking red nose all you want, but you know when you when when you show up at at the when you show up at the dinner and you show up at the party and and you act like a clown, you know, more often times than not. Uh, then we find you out and then we just kind of ghost you, you know, or we'll put you on blast. Yep. I, I, I teach my mechanics. Something that I teach all of my mechanics is do not stop when you found the broken part. You keep going until you find a good part and work backwards from there. Exactly. Exactly. I feel like, I, I, I feel like we, oh gosh, we, we are very similar. Um, we're we're very similar. Another thing I tell my guys is, don't assume. Okay, that, that the last guy correctly. Yeah, that the last guy, yeah, even if the last guy was the fucking it, factory. <laughs> yeah, don't assume that, especially with Harley, because it's part of the culture. You know, so just because this is the way that it comes in, doesn't mean this is the way it's going to go out. Yep, that's just the way you know. And and I've actually had some people annoyed. You know, because I, I one year uh, during rally, I had a guy come in with a detonated lifter in his FXR mm-hmm. at Evo. You know, and and he said, "Well, you know, just throw a set of lifters in it." I'm no. like, "It doesn't work like that." No, you know, I'm like, "I'll be honest with you, man. We only fix things one way." Yep, the right so, way, our way. I, yep, exactly. We only fix things the right way, and that thing is. And and I I will tell you that um, I had a a guy. That if I said his name, everybody listening to this podcast would know him. He's a, he's a celebrity. He's a very big deal. Um, and he had his bike, I think it's a chip, and he was doing a burnout, and the transmission detonated. Okay, it detonated. I'm talking uh, the bottom of the transmission case. It was an M8 bagger. The bottom of the tr- transmission case exploded, or you know, and and shrapnel went into the oil pan and not just a little i'm talking about like counter shaft fourth main shaft third i mean like it fucking detonated right right and he brought it to me and he's like well can you have it back together you know can you can you get it you know can you get it on the road and i'm like no okay so understand like that's not how this works okay like i was like when did you shut the bike off uh, after you heard the detonation, he's like, well, I, you know, I shut it off in about, you know, probably about 15, 20 seconds. I'm like, there is shrapnel all through that motor. Yeah. It's everywhere. You know what I mean? It's, it's in it. So I'm not going to give you a false stamp of approval to just replace the transmission case, replace the transmission and send you down the road. It's just, I don't feel good about it, you know? So that's just, it, it is what it is. And, and I, I do tell people, you know, I, I'm a much better motorcycle mechanic than I am a businessman. Because if I was a better businessman, then I would just say, oh, yeah, you know, throw a set of lifters in it. See ya. You know, here, sign this just so you don't come back when your motorcycle, your motor detonates. <laughs> but I just can't do it. You know, no. it always has to be about the motorcycle, man. As soon as it stops being about the motorcycle, then like you said, we go do something else that we make better money at, you know? Um, and I have a lot of shop projects. I've got a rigid, uh, little rigid pan head. I'm, I'm making look like a, 
a modern version of a 57 Hydro, or Hydro Glide. I've got a, a, a FXR, uh, actually two FXRs, a 75 Super Glide, um, a 14 Road King that I, I work on after hours. And I do it after hours while Charlie's over there bartending, you know, the 10. Sure. To remind myself that why I got into this in the first place. Yeah. You know, I got into it for the love of motorcycles. And so I do these bikes, you know, as I can afford them, as I have the time. And it's, it's back to therapy. It's, and, and I, like you mentioned, I started in my garage. And somebody talked me into the fact that said I could do this, you know, professionally and I should open a shop. And, and I don't regret it or anything like that. But I really feel that those after-hour projects that I'm doing in my image or in, in the way I want to do them is, is very therapeutic for me, you know, to get to remind me why I do this in the first place. Yeah, and we're, we're, all, just- we're all entitled to that, too, and, and, and we always should be. I mean, you know what yeah, I'm saying? It's, it's a thing where, um, you know, up as Kurt Peterson said it best, he said, you know, up here, Jason, so, you know, there's a building season and a riding season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I, I love to ride motorcycles. I absolutely, I, I, it's one of my favorite things in the world to do. And I do it every chance I get, but I also really love building motorcycles. <laughs> you know, I really love fixing motorcycles and, that's one of the, if we're back on the subject of, you know, our businesses, like I didn't start a business to run a business. That's not why I, that's not why I got into it. You know, I, I don't want to just be that shop owner that is literally at the computer all day, you know, figuring out shit or paying bills or ordering stuff or solving problems. You know, I feel like I'm the most beneficial to my business when I'm on a lift. Right? See, or when I'm when I'm under a welding helmet. Yeah, know? and 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 I, you know, and I feel like I feel like my skill set. I've had to prove myself in the shop, and every once in a while, I got to go back and you know and show everybody in the in the back how fast I can change a tire properly, how sure. fast I can yeah. work on something. But I think you know I'm I'm driving the ship. I've got to be at the helm of the ship, and uh, you know, and and I think I do some of my. If I is as talented as I am in the shop with a tool set of tools in my hand, if I'm that talented or not or, or more in uh, in the front, then we have we have nothing to worry about, and, and this can be a successful successful endeavor. That's a that's a awesome way of looking at it. You know, I I find myself like if I'm going to do an M8 uh, camp test. Right. Mm-hmm. We use we always use fueling and we use fixed push rods. So there's a lot of clothes to take off the bike. Uh, a job that is 10 hours billable, you know, it would take me probably four days, you know, because I can't I get interrupted so much. I know. I start and stop. And I, I use that same terminology like I have to steer the ship, guys. You know what I mean? So don't compare what I do to what you do. No. You know what I mean? It's just it's not the same thing. And um quite frankly, people come in the shop and they want to talk about, you know, this, this big job. They want to talk to me. They want to talk to me you too. Know, yeah. There were the guys. Yeah. You get it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, and I'm not trying to, you know, no, no, it, it's, it's a fact. I mean, no, that's just, what it is. It's just fact. Yeah. No, and, and you know what? Our customers deserve that too, 
Jason, let's be honest. We're the ones that have, you know, that's the experience that they want to have and everybody's entitled to their experience. You know, Um, I'll leave you with this because we got to wrap up here. We're we're a little over an hour and a half and we have to do this again soon because I really enjoyed this conversation. But I tell people the customer sets the expectation, but we set the standard in our shops and we, we have to, we have to live and die by that. So go to uh, get deadwoodcustomcycles.com and check out uh, a really awesome bike shop website. And uh, you can get the link for your, the damn podcast, your damn podcast. <laughs> my there. damn podcast. Yeah. Yes. Now my, my podcast is, is, uh, is sponsored by law tigers. Uh, I'll, I'll make a pause if you have to delete that out. No, you're fine. Podcast. I don't have to delete nothing. No, we're good. <laughs> Ari's, Ari's but, my uh, dude. Cycle, are we at cyclestopusa.com? Cyclestopusa.com is us. Yep. yep. Cyclestopusa.com. So look, I want to say to, uh, you know, Jason and I uh, agreed to this beforehand. He's doing the recording here and then he's going to send me a copy. We're going to get this up as a, as an episode of damn, um, for me, from from hosting Dam, I want to say that I am fucking honored to have this time with Jason and a guy that uh, co shop owner, co motorcycle lover, and co podcast you know dude. Um, I think this was super super cool, and and I'm really excited about uh, the next one. You know, um, so uh, you know, DeadwoodCustomCycles.com, CycleStopUSA.com, the Garage Built podcast the damn podcast like see this is a prime example of how two guys each have a podcast each have a shop but work in conjunction with one another instead of in competition with one another absolutely uh and jace if i don't see you before i'm gonna see your happy ass in arizona at the chopper friends throwdown we're gonna ride handlebar to handlebar uh, through the hills, the mountains of Winslow to, to Phoenix, and we're going to have a fucking blast. And then uh, we get off the bike, and I'm getting you drunk, my friend. That's <laughs> I can't wait. It sounds like a plan. Oh, that, man. Listen, dude. That is dude. my pledge to you. That is my pledge to you. I appreciate it very much, dude. And uh, you know what? The honor is all mine. I, anytime I get to do something like this with somebody who – has shared so many of the same problems that I have. It just makes me feel so much better inside. Like I could make it. <laughs> That's right. And you know, you know, uh, if I was there, I'd be hugging you right now. I appreciate that, buddy. All right, man. <laughs> have a good night, and I'll leave you with this. I love it. Have a good one, buddy. Rock and roll. You too, brother. Have a good night. Bye. Bye.